Thank you for tuning in to True Dominion Ministries podcast. I am your host, Latanya Stevens, and I am so happy to be here this morning, y'all. I am filled. Let me just put it that way. I'm just going to be talking about something today that God has just had in my spirit. He's allowed me to witness things and he's allowed me to read his word to confirm everything that he has been telling me. And today I'm going to be talking about opportunity and time. And first, I'm going to give you the definition of time that was in the Bible. It says occasion and opportune of suitable moment an appointed fixed or customary moment or hour for something to happen begin or end a lot of times we don't think that things are supposed to end so to begin or end duration conditions at present or at some specific period added or accumulated quantities or instances first of all let me go back to the begin and the end time Everything is going to end at some point in time, but a lot of times we think that things are supposed to go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and that is not the case. God will appoint you for a particular time, for a particular season to do particular things. And after those particular things are over with, he will tell you your time is up with that thing. However, because we become comfortable or we get used to it or because we like that people pat us on our backs, we will continue to do those things because that's what we want to do. But God is trying to take us to another level or to another place in him. But we begin to be stuck and get stuck in what we are doing and what we have been doing. And God doesn't always work the same way all the time. So I am going to start off with a couple of scriptures concerning time, and I'll just discuss those things. The first one is 2 Timothy 1 and 9, and it reads, Who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. On that scripture, I want to talk about opportunity to glorify God. We were given the opportunity to glorify God when we were born. We were given the opportunity to praise him, to worship him, to be a living sacrifice for him. And that's a whole nother conversation because I want to talk about that as well. But our calling is never meant to be just for us. It is never meant to be just ours. It's always meant for someone else. But sometimes we get into these selfish modes where we feel like, well, I worked for that and I did that and this is mine and, you know, I put my money into that so I'm deserving of this. And we often curse ourselves because we're, mishandling the opportunity that God has given us, uh, that calling those gifts, those talents that we have on our lives, they're not just meant for us. And we hear it all the time. It's not as if the church is not preaching it. We hear it all the time, but it's almost like we have amnesia. Okay. You're not just meant for you. 
<laughs> that would be redundant. That that just doesn't make sense. Just to only be good for you, only to be good to yourself. And so when I think about that scripture, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling? First of all, the calling is holy. Okay. Not according to our works, which means it's not about what I can do and how good I can do it, but according to his own purpose, which means I can only do this thing because of him. I can only do a good job in this thing because of him. I can only succeed in this thing because of him, because it belongs to him anyway. And if we begin to forget that we don't belong to ourselves and we're not our own, but everything we have and everything that we are belongs to God, when we begin to forget that thing, that's when we begin to curse ourselves. That's when we begin to fall off or those things start not working out the way that we wanted them to or we hoped for them to do because we have mishandled our purpose. We have mishandled our calling. We have mishandled the thing that God entrusted us with and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus, which means we have grace, which means we can't afford to just mishandle that either. We can't neglect the fact that we have grace I know we can mess up. I know we make mistakes. And yes, you know, yeah, we do that. But that ain't no reason to just keep doing it. We've been given grace. And you that's one thing you don't want to mishandle. Before the world began, which means he called us before the world began, before he made us, before we even knew who we were, he called us. Our calling is not for us. And we need to learn that it is an opportunity to glorify God. It is an opportunity to, to serve God and to serve his people. It is an opportunity for us to be united. It is an opportunity for us to love the same way he loves. It is an opportunity for us to forgive. It is an opportunity for us to be givers. And a lot of times we think that opportunities is just pertaining to simply the corporate world or success or all of that and I'm gonna get to that but the second scripture I want to go over is first Peter 4 and 17 and it says for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God and if it first begin at us what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God. So here we have an opportunity to obey God. And I'm going to read that scripture again. For the time is come, which means the time is now, that judgment must begin at the house of God. It's going to begin with the Christians. It's going to begin with us who say we serve the Lord. It's going to begin with us who say thus saith the Lord. It's going to begin with us who say that we're holy. It's going to begin with us who say we live for Christ and we die for Christ. It's going to begin with us who say that he is our God. That's who it's going to begin with. The judgment is going to begin with us, but we are living a life as if there is no judgment. We are living a life as if we really don't believe this word. We really don't understand that our day is going to come where we must see him face to face. And we are going to be accountable for those things that we said, that we did, that we even thought of. And somehow, in some way, we act as if God is just judging the world. No, no, 
Absolutely not. He valued everything that he created, but he's also going to judge everything and everyone. What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? What is the end for you that you don't obey God? You don't obey his word. You don't obey his commandment to love. You don't obey what he tells you to do. If he's told you to move, if he's told you to not be friends with someone, if he's told you to to take this job and not that one, if he's told you to read your word, if he's told you to go to church, if he's told you to join a particular church, if he's, if he's told you anything and you have not obeyed him, what shall the end be for you? That that is something I wish people would do. I wish people would read the Bible, including myself, and ask yourself questions. I, I, I think when I read, I just start asking myself questions. And that's why my blog is called Ask Yourself, because we read this word as if it's just for someone else. We read it as if it's just pertaining to everybody else. Oh, and, and, and we're good. I got this. I, I'm good. I, I, don't, I, don't, I know he's not talking to me. No, when we read this word, we have to ask ourselves, where are we at? Am I really obeying God? Is it really about him? Is it really about him? And I'm, and I'm going to give you a prime example of that. And this wasn't even in my notes, but I'm going to give you a prime example for that. God gave me this word to do the podcast. I did not do a podcast last week because God gave me a word that I did not understand. So when I say I do this podcast strictly by his words, strictly by his voice, strictly when he tells me to, yes. But if I don't understand something and I'm not getting it and I'm not and I can't relate to this thing, God, you're going to have to explain it to me. And he's still explaining that particular word to me. He gave me a word and a passage to read. And I read it and I was reading it and I was reading it and I was reading it and it still would not, it just would not sink in. I was like, God, I don't get it. What are you trying to say? And it's almost like he just want me to keep meditating on it because it was not a word for right now. But because I thought that I was going to have to give that word on Tuesday, I said, well, Lord, I can't do this podcast because you haven't made it clear to me yet. And when I did that, he still didn't give it to me. Even after Tuesday passed, he still didn't give me the revelation of that thing. Cause I was like, I was just dumbfounded. I called my husband. I was like, baby, what, what does this mean? And that goes back to my point for a time. God will give you things for a time. He'll give you the opportunity to speak. He'll give you the opportunity to, to show your gifts and your talents. But you got to understand also that everything that he gives you is not for that particular time. Some things are for later. There are dreams that he will give you that are for later to show you something down the road. There are visions that he will give you to show you something for down the road. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen tomorrow. And this particular word, I hadn't, I had never felt so lost. (laughs) I mean, I have read this entire Bible. And when I read this scripture and I'm not even going over that scripture yet, but when I read the scripture, I was like, Lord, what? is it I'm just not getting it and I started to feel as if I just wasn't connected to the world to the uh, word I started feeling as if God I mean I know I love you but this word right here is it's just not it's not penetrating it's not it, it just did not click 
And that's because it wasn't for right now. It's something that he wanted me to meditate on. It was something that he wanted me to get in my spirit deep, not just to give a word, not just to say, oh, well, I read this. Y'all, we going to read scripture, blah, blah, blah. And, and then we just going to we just going to go ahead. No, it was something that is pertaining to me because I am first partaker, but it's also a word that when I give it, I need to be able to relate to it. I need to be able to love it because a lot of us just like the word, but I need to be able to be in love with that word and really understand what he is saying and get the wisdom out of what he's, what he is telling me. And so when I'm talking about opportunity and time, because I don't want to get sidetracked, Talking about opportunity and time, you have to be able to discern the time. You have to be able to discern your opportunities. And, you know, we do have to, that that particular scripture, 1 Peter 4 and 17, is an opportunity, is showing us an opportunity to obey God. Because your question will be, what shall the end be of you when you don't obey God? So it's an opportunity for us to obey God, to show him that we love him the way that we say we do and that we're not just having words come off of our lips as if, you know, he's he's just a figment of our imagination. And sometimes we do things because it is the best opportunity of all time. Sometimes we get that phone call or that email or, you know, an invite to do something or to say something or to be somewhere. And we feel as if it's a once in a lifetime opportunity that we may not, it may not come back around twice. So of course we say, okay, that's a valid reason. And I'm conscious of, of the fact that this may only happen once in a lifetime. So let me go ahead and do this. However, we must be careful of taking an opportunity that is not yet our time or maybe taken with the wrong intentions or motives. A lot of times or sometimes we can do things just because we want to do them and we'll justify it and say it's God when God clearly says, no, not yet. God says, no, um, I'm not answering that. And he doesn't, he doesn't, you ask him, but he doesn't give you that answer, but you do it anyway, instead of saying, Oh, well, God didn't give me an answer on it. He didn't make it clear for me. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take the opportunity. And then it turns into something that you wasn't really expecting. And this is where we have to stay in prayer and make sure and not just in prayer, because you know, when you're doing something out of you and you know, when you're doing something that's for God. And a lot of times we try to we, we try to disregard the fact that it's something that we really want. So we're going to say that it's, it's God and we're going to say, oh, only God can do this. Only God can put this together. Only God can send this invitation. Only God can put us in this place at this time. That's a lie. The devil will set you up. He will set you up. OK, it could very well be a setup for embarrassment where then you must find yourself and humble yourself so God can guide you into the right opportunities because we can want something so bad and not recognize that it's not God's plan for us at the moment. It could be his plan. It just may not be the right moment. And now on the other hand, God can and will set up an opportunity and that opportunity be mishandled because our flesh decides and says, it's my time. You know, we do that. Oh, it's my time. It's my time. It's my time. That's what we say. It's my time. 
when in all actuality, it's God's time. It's God's time to use you or test you to see who you will give the glory to. And we want to believe that we always know to give God the glory that belongs to him. But we quickly forget when they say our name or call us on the phone or write us in our in our email or inbox us or DM us that they are interested in what we have to offer. And although the only thing we have to offer is Jesus, it's often sad to see that our flesh is the same thing Jesus died for, but it's the same thing we glorify. So then the question is, is this for God or is it for me? Who gets the glory? Who gets the glory? Oftentimes, I'm going to show you something. And this is just this is just the way that I think and I believe this is what I see. OK. I don't knock. First of all, let me say I don't knock anybody who write books or who are authors. That's not my that's not my calling right now. But that's not what I do. However, I am a book reader. And I love books. And it's not something that I've always loved. I just love books now. Um, when I started seminary school, I guess, you know, you, you read so much, you end up just picking up stuff to read. And that's just how it started. When I go to find a book or if there's something that uh, God puts in, in my spirit to, and that's the way that I find books. Like, for instance, God was uh, dealing with me on discipline. So I go find a book on discipline. Okay. Now, a lot of times when I see a person's face on the cover of a book, I won't buy it. I will not buy it. The reason being is I feel sometimes, and this is not for everybody, because there are some good books out there with people's face on the cover, but I'm going to show you the difference. Okay. When I buy a book, I will not necessarily all the time pick a, a book unless the author is really well known if their face is on the cover. And the reason being is I look and I see them on the cover and I say, you are the hero of your own story, which means this book is all about you. I don't read books to learn about people. I, be, I read the book to learn a lesson. I read the book to, to educate myself on something that I am unaware of or that I am not knowledgeable of. So if I see your face, it tells me a lot. It just does. It tells me a lot about who you are and what this book is about before I even read it. The books that I read, the author's pictures are either on the flap of the inside of the last of, of the of the cover. That little folded piece that some put in there. Or on the very last page, and it looks like a driver's license photo. Or on the very back of the book, they'll have a little small little driver's license photo on the back. Those are the books that I normally get because it tells me that there is a message. There's something that I can learn from them. It's not about them. Okay. That is just how I pick books. And when I see people who have their faces on the cover it is, and this goes with opportunity, so I don't don't lose lose it here. A lot of times, the people that I notice that their faces are on the cover, they're well-known people. So I'll buy T.D. Jake's books. I know what he looks like. I know he's written many books. 
I know that he is a best-selling author. I will buy Joyce Myers because her face is on the cover. She's well-known. She's popular. She's, you know, she's a great teacher. She is a teacher. T.D. Jakes is a teacher, okay? So this goes with opportunity. You can write a book, and because your face is on the cover of it, people won't buy it based on how you look or the color of your skin. So you've lost an opportunity to educate someone or to give them what was inside of you. And I'm not saying, you know, and if people are prejudiced, that's fine. You know, they meant to buy your book. No way. But what I'm saying is if you pay attention to the, how people shop in the bookstores, they don't really buy books with people's faces on the cover. So have you lost opportunities because you're being seen? Have you lost an opportunity because it's really, it really wasn't to glorify God, but it was to glorify you? It was it was really to glorify the fact that now you are an author and now you have another title. Was it really for the people of God? Was it really? And and, and this is why I'm going to say this, because this is just this is just a reminder. okay? God will not come between us and our will. Once we have made up our minds to do things our way. It's on us and that prideful spirit that we that's within us. Put it like like this. Every person, every disciple was given the same opportunity to walk with Christ Jesus. Judas chose his own way. Even Jezebel had the opportunity to repent. Okay, opportunities is not just about making it big or accomplishing the corporate America or having another title. The opportunity to serve one another every day to love on your children is an opportunity most don't have you got people doing in vitro you have people doing adoption and foster care because they can't have their own children so it's an opportunity to to be with your family to be with your children to love on them so that they know what love is and to care for your spouse is an opportunity to show your appreciation to who God entrusted you with. God has entrusted you with these people. They don't belong to you. These people don't belong to us. My husband doesn't belong to me. He belongs to God first. My children are not my own. They belong to God first. And we have to understand that being a mother is an opportunity. Being a wife is an opportunity. And these are things that I battled with because I felt as if corporate America was my calling. I felt as if a real estate agent was my calling. I felt as if I could, once I climbed up the ladder and made all these accomplishments, that was going to be my calling. But God had other plans. He called me to be a mother. He called me to be a wife. Everybody can't get that. Everybody's not meant to be a wife. Everybody's not meant to be married. But I get to be a wife. I get to be a mother. And it's not for the sake of Facebook (laughs) or social media for me to glorify me being a mother, to say that I'm the best mother, or to say that, you know, we live in a good life. I don't I don't understand what this is 
about we have to glorify ourselves. I just don't understand that. And people call it, people could, you could call it what you want. People call it confidence. They call it joy. But what I simply want to keep in mind is that there is opportunity. There is time. There are specific times. There are specific opportunities. And if you don't, if you can't discern that time and that opportunity yourself, ask God about it. Don't just say, oh, I prayed about it. If he ain't said nothing back to you about it and he did not give you no peace about that thing, it's not God. If you have no peace about it, it's not God. If you have not gotten an answer, it's not God. Yeah, he made us to go get wealth, but guess what? Every wealth ain't ours. We want to attach ourselves to everything that's in the world. Let's, let's go there. Every opportunity is not an opportunity. Every opportunity is not a God opportunity. And if we don't understand that, we're going to mess up. If we don't understand that, we're going to give ourselves into some things that we can't get out of. And we're going to sit there and look stupid. And there's a scripture to go for that. It's in um, 2 Corinthians 6 and 3. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be found blamed. Don't blame, don't, don't you blame that, that pastor. Don't you blame that, that prophet. Don't you blame that TV network. Don't you blame that person that want to publish your book. Don't you do it. Don't you do it before the enemy has, can do anything to you. He first has to ask for your permission and he'll come right up to you. Oh, I would like to offer you to be on blah, blah, blah. I would like you to come and speak at blah, blah, blah. You better know who is speaking. Don't find yourself in a setup and then ready to blame somebody or ready to blame the church or ready to blame somebody and saying, oh, well, they had the wrong motives. Oh, you didn't discern that? In John chapter 7, verse 6, it says, then Jesus said unto them, my time is not yet come. Even Jesus knew <laughs> there is a particular time for me. Just because you didn't, you don't believe me, meaning his brothers, his brother, just because you don't believe me, I don't have to prove myself to you. Just because you don't believe I'm called, stop listening. Just because you believe I'm not a pastor, don't come to the church. Just because you don't believe I work in healings and deliverance, okay, don't, don't, don't volunteer yourself. We are not here to be, to be pleasing to people. We are not here to prove ourselves to people. And that's how we get outside of the will of God. And I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that because people will set you up and leave you anyway. They will leave you right there. Just simply saying, beware of your opportunities. Beware of your time. Do not mishandle your opportunities. Do not mishandle the time God has given you to get it right to obey him, to repent, to come to him. Do not neglect your opportunity. This is not about corporate America. This is not about having other titles. This is not about accomplishments. Because let me tell you something. I found myself listening to prominent people who are always talking about work. You got to work, work, work. That ain't what God called me to do. I don't have a job. God didn't call me to do that. Not at this point anyway. I've worked all my life, but he ain't calling me to do that right now. 
And I have to be obedient to him to what he's telling me. And I found myself trying to be busy because of what someone else said that I was neglecting my place with God. Be very careful that you are not causing yourself to just be busy and doing busy work so other people congratulate you. So other people can pat you on your back and say, oh, good job. Oh, you anointed. Oh, you called. I loved it. And then they go right behind you and talk about you and behind your back. Anyway, don't lose yourself. And don't lose the opportunities that the even the more opportunities that God has for you. He has more for you. He has more opportunities for you, but you will not get there trying to be something that he did not call you to be. You will not get there trying to be everybody else. You will not get there trying to please and show people who you are. One thing I learned about watching movies and listening to music, especially new artists, when they first come out, you know, when you first when a music artist first come out, they are played nonstop in rotation till you just get sick of that song. Don't be so eager to be seen all the time. People, people get tired of seeing you all the time. People will get tired of hearing you all the time. Because they get so used to you. And then when they get used to you, everything that you say starts sounding the same. It sounds like they're hearing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. If you look at the movies, if you look at the artists, everybody had their moment. Brandy had her moment. Monica had her moment. Um, <laughs> Jodeci had their moment. If you really look back, everybody had their moment and it was their time. It doesn't make them irrelevant today. It's just someone else's time. But you have to wait on your time. You have to wait on the perfect opportunities that God has sent, not the perfect opportunities that people bring to you. So just be careful. I'm going to end this. Just be careful of your opportunities and your time. Don't neglect God. Don't neglect his will. Don't do what you want to do. Know that there is a specific time for you. There's a specific place for you. There are specific people for you. And if you are in prayer and praying without ceasing, you will be able to discern every opportunity that comes across your path. And that's my time. I pray all is well. I pray that if you have not given your life to Christ, please do so. Get on your knees, on bended knees, confess your sins, and ask him to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior. And I know that he will. He's listening and he sees all. God bless.